Hey guys, we're at episode 61 of Dating Skills Podcast. I'm your host, Angel Donovan, and today we're looking at what to do if you're in a platonic relationship with a girl you are interested in dating, hooking up with, or more. That may sound like a pretty kind of niche topic, but strangely enough, this is extremely common with men. It's an extremely common challenge that I imagine that you listening right now, you've come across it at least one time, probably more like 10 times in your life. Often the girls you're most interested in, those girls can look at you as just friends or just platonically, as we'd say. This is often called being in the friend zone, but I found that a little confusing as many times you may not even be friends with the girl. So often she could be just an acquaintance you got off on the wrong foot with. She could be a girl at work that you really talk to, a girl at the same college that you just know from seeing around and she knows you from seeing around. Or she could be a friend of a friend you see from time to time and so on. There's many cases here. The important thing here is that the girl has registered you in her mind in the platonic category. Rather than someone she could potentially date or hook up with. Now often this would have just been done based on a first impression. It's very quick. Whenever you cross paths with her first. If you think about it, we all do this. We make assumptions about people when we meet them based on the first impression. And those assumptions can be hard to break later. And of course, those assumptions could be completely wrong. Or you could have just made a bad first impression and you need a second chance. So in this episode, we're looking at how you can break out of the platonic category you've been placed in by a girl you like. To discuss the topic, I've brought on Bobby Rio from TSB Magazine. Bobby has been a dating coach since 2005 and we've given many of his courses very strong ratings, actually in the excellent range. So it's always a pleasure to have him on the show. His advice and courses typically have a very practical focus, which makes it easier to implement. And that's one of the reasons that these courses stand out. And it's great to have him on here. We had Bobby on the show way back in episode 18. So you might like to check that out also. That was on the topic, how to not run out of things to say with women. Bobby recently partnered up with Rob Judge to create a program that was specifically designed to help men get out of the platonic situation with women. It's named Unlock Her Legs. It's the first course to tackle the subject so far that we've come across. And our editor, Jackson Hunter, gave it a solid 8.1 out of 10 rating. That's excellent. So I reached out to Bobby to get him on the show to give you some of the practical steps from that program to help you get out of a platonic situation you may be in with a girl that you really like. You can get all the details from this show by going to datingskillsreview.com slash DSP61. That's DSP61. There you'll have the MP3 download, the transcript of the interview, and links to everything that we talk about on the show. I'm Angel Donovan, and this is the Dating Skills Podcast. This is a 14-year ongoing mission to discover the truth about what works in dating, sex, and relationships. To become a better man. Join me as I leave no stone unturned. Chase down every expert, role model, and mentor with insights to get us to that goal as fast as possible. This show is about bringing you the best of that information so that you can take it in and change your life for the better, step by step, episode by episode. To start, what I like to do is get a bit of background. I know you've been on the show before quite a way back, but we didn't really go into your background last time. So I wanted to make sure people really get to know who you are this time. So give us a quick background. What did you do before you got into this dating advice? And what was the kind of key event or the moment when you got into this? 
I've had, I guess, an on-again, off-again relationship with dating advice since about 1998. Uh, initially, I was a uh, extremely, extremely introverted and shy guy growing up um, all throughout high school, throughout the first couple of years of college. And my second year of college, kind of where I hit my breaking point because I was surrounded by girls. I was surrounded by guys who were not even doing much and doing really well with them. And I would sit there and I would say there's this kind of people that like can not care. Um, they can preoccupy themselves with video games or they can preoccupy themselves with sports or something to kind of keep their mind off of it. I wasn't one of those guys. I was well aware that I wasn't getting what I wanted. And uh, so I started off reading books, more self-help based Tony Robbins, um, how to win friends and influence people. And then I stumbled on to um, a Ross Jeffries article in Playboy magazine. And that kind of opened me up to this idea that, wow, there's actually guys teaching this. And from there, I just became like a vacuum, just sucking in knowledge and immediately um, going out and testing it because I was in a, a social scene in college that really enabled me to test a lot of stuff that I was learning out. And like I said, I was coming from a very shy sort of background. So that was the first hurdle I had to get over. And then from there, it was kind of like getting over one hurdle, enjoying myself for a little bit and then realizing, wow, there's this whole nother level that I don't know now. And then have to kind of go back and go, all right, now that I've can actually talk and start a conversation. How do I move it to a sexual level? Or how do I prevent myself from falling into the friend zone? I would be good for a little while. And then I would hit a road bump, whether it be a girl that would kind of send me into uh, my friends and I in college, we called it the sickness when you just become obsessed with a girl and you can't kind of get your mind off of her. And I'd run into one of those girls and that would kind of bring me back into the learning phase. And even now I'm in a, uh, long-term relationship now. And I still love learning. You know, I've been teaching this now for eight years, but I've never stopped learning. If some new book comes out or a product comes out, I check it out and always try to learn a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. Obviously I have the same mindset and I think you never really stop learning in this. I mean, relationships get pretty deep. There's a lot to learn about relationships, especially when you're in long-term relationships. So yeah, you're in a long-term relationship. How long has that been? I've been with her now about four and a half years. So it's been a while. Congratulations, man. That's great. Yeah. It's interesting because you learn a whole nother level, like you said, about women being in a relationship, living with them and kind of going to the like deeper level of, of understanding what drives them. Because people say like, I always say there's like sort of a social mask that when you're first meeting a girl, you're both putting it on. Um, you're both kind of pretending to be someone you're not. And then you get into a relationship and you kind of pull it off. But the longer you're in it, the, the more you really get to see the other person and you get to really understand the way their mind works and kind of seeing women in general, how their mind works. This is very interesting. Yeah. And like just kind of goes on and on. <laughs> yeah. Which is good because it keeps us uh, interested in the whole learning process as well, which is always good. So before you kind of got settled down in this, how many dates had you had roughly? Is it a huge number? Or what, what, what were you up to for those years before? I had a few different phases, right? And I did have a phase where I was going on a ton of dates. And that was in my post-college, post-bar scene time. But it was interesting because in college, as many girls as I was with, there was very few dates that I actually went on because you meet a girl out, whether it be a bar or a party. And, and since you know them from campus, it's kind of like things tend to happen faster because you're in this environment where 
you go out, you meet them at a bar, you maybe sleep with them that night, and then the next day they're in your dorm room hanging out. You can actually go months before you go on a formal date with a girl that you slept with. It, it, it's pretty interesting. And the same thing after college, I was working in a restaurant and I was kind of in this crowd of people who were working in bartenders, waitresses, and it was very similar. You'd work with them, you'd hang out with them, and you'd be sleeping with them multiple times without ever actually taking them on that formal dinner date. But I had girlfriends in between where I, I, I remember in college, I fell for a girl and wound up dating her for, I guess, a couple of years and then come out of that and kind of get back into it. So to answer your question, how many dates? I have no clue. All right. You have any idea or how many relationships you've had or how many women you slept with? Rough numbers. I've uh, relationships like where I was like, I love you type relationship. Uh, I think I've been in about four or five of them dated casually, like more than, let's say, between three to six months. Uh, I don't even know. Eight or nine girls, 10 girls. I <laughs> no clue. Um Slept with, I'll say over 50, but I'm not going to give a number just because I, I think it's kind of tacky to sit there and say, oh, I've, how many number of girls I've slept with. Great, great. And to give guys a bit of context, how old are you now? Where are you based? I'm uh, 35 years old and I live right outside of Manhattan in a city called Hoboken in New Jersey. Great, great. And going forward, are there any changes over the last couple of years that have been taking place we haven't already spoken about or anything you're looking forward to in the future like you've kind of got ideas going forward about how things are going to change your dating relationships and so on no you know i'm i'm at the point now where i'm enjoying myself i'm not in the mentality of going out and banging nonstop. um i'm in the mentality where i want a child i want you know, I want that next step. I'm at that place. And I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be with a, a woman that I'm in that phase with and I enjoy and in love with. So it's pretty cool. It's a pretty, pretty interesting time. Okay, so let's jump into the, the main topic. Uh, this is like turning girls you already know into girlfriends. So what kind of situations are we talking about here? Where does this apply to? What this whole new program that Rob and I came out with started as a direct response to the fact that we both coach guys. We both coach guys, um, whether it be through email, whether it be through phone coaching, um, Rob does live coaching. And what we realized was like almost 90% of the questions we were getting from our private coaching clients was, there's this girl that, insert whatever's going on. It's always like a girl that is in my class that I she's friends with me and we were kind of flirting and now she's not talking to me or I was dating this girl. We went on three dates. I, I really liked her. I thought everything was going well. And then she pulled back and I don't know what's going on. Or there's this girl and I'm in the friend zone and I want to get out. It's, it was always that one girl and there was always a roadblock to getting her. Like I said, it could have been that they had her and she pulled away. It could have been that they got the friend zone speech because they kind of messed up too early. Variety of reasons. This um, methodology that we had been perfecting with our coaching clients for the last two years and then releasing publicly um, in March, it has nothing to do. It, it's not a how to go out to bars and meet girls. It's not a how to approach a new girl every day. It's you've got a girl in your life. Things are not where you want them to be with her. What strategy do you take? Because most guys are clueless. And unfortunately, just like most things in attraction, it's very counterintuitive of what works and what your emotions tell you to do. 
in a situation. Your emotions generally will give you the most absurdly wrong advice, but it feels right in the moment. And that's why so many guys mess up, myself included. I mean, everything that I learned and everything that I'm teaching here, I learned through personal experience. I did not figure this out the easy way. I learned it the hard way. Excellent, excellent. So, yeah, it's often these girls that uh, you know, you've known for a while, they're looking at you more friends or like a past kind of romance situation. So what's different about these kind of situations? What's the most important thing that guys have to deal with to basically turn this back into a situation which is more romantic, is more dating and, and so on, that, that they really want? Well, the most important thing generally is this is no matter where you are, I'm going to give you a, a few different kind of scenarios. Um, this could be a girl that you have class with. It could be a girl that you work with. A lot of guys work with a girl that they have a crush on or Right now, the difference is that she links you to her mind in something. She's kind of created a, a frame that your relationship with her takes place in. Maybe you're the quiet guy. Maybe you're the creepy guy. Maybe you're the friendly guy. The one thing you're not is the guy she is sleeping with. If you're not sleeping with her, that's not how she's viewing you. She's viewing you in a way that is not conducive to a romantic relationship. And that is not an obstacle you have when you go out to, let's say, a nightclub and you're meeting a random girl. You can learn a technique, go out and try it on a random girl, and you're not battling her perception of you. Whereas when you're going for a girl that you've known for a little bit, she's got a perception of you that you don't necessarily have control of what she thinks of you previously. You can, can, you can change that perception, but you're battling it. And you have to be aware that you're battling it. I think a lot of guys, they may have a crush on some girl that they've known for three years and they, they go out and they buy a book on how to flirt. And then they go out and try to use these new techniques on her, but they don't realize that she sees them in an entirely kind of a, a way that it's not going to work without first changing her perception. And that's something we realize that in order to make anything work, step one is you need to change her perception. You need to, uh, we call it interrupt her pattern because she's got a pattern of thoughts about you. When you come over to talk to her, when you hang out with her, when she gets one of your texts, there's certain things that go through your mind that create a pattern of not leading to romantic relationships. And I realized this from being in the friend zone with a girl that it was almost impossible to get out because our interactions, every time we hung out, fell into a certain pattern. And it just wouldn't allow me to now change and kind of bring things to that intimate sexual level. So that's the biggest difference. So what happens if, say, a guy's learned some of the attraction techniques or he's learned how to attract girls and he goes back into this girl who has this existing perception of him and he tries to flirt and he tries to be playful and tease and so on. What will happen if she's got the wrong perception? It's going to come off weird. It's kind of like her defenses are up. It's kind of like if you're watching a um, TV show that you've watched over and over again. And the show is a completely realistic show. But then one day an alien lands on the show and it doesn't match the reality of that show. It's kind of like, what is this? This doesn't make sense. And that's what's going to happen to her because her reality is you're not the kind of guy that flirts with her. You're not the kind of guy that hits on her. Or maybe if you have flirted with her and hit it on her unsuccessfully, maybe you're the creepy, annoying guy. And her instinct is to just ignore you, to turn you down, to reject you to kind of laugh it off like you're not serious. You know, it depends on how the guy, her previous relationship is with the girl, but her mind is not going to take whatever you're doing seriously. Now, I'm not saying that it's impossible to go out and learn stuff, use it on a girl and it work. I mean, it depends, but the guys that are 
unsuccessful with a girl, I generally find you need to do some kind of pattern interrupt, some kind of way to kind of reset her mind. So are there like grades of difficulty? Because it sounds like, I mean, these are uh, different situations. If it's a girl that you met before and so say you made a really bad first impression and then tried to approach her again and um, you mess it up again and now she's like, really, no, no, just friends, like nothing else, right? And she makes it pretty clear. So maybe that's a bit more of an intense situation, which would be more difficult to come back from versus... Uh, another situation where maybe you've just been hanging out with a social circle for a girl for quite a while and she just doesn't see you that way because you've never acted that way towards her and she's put you into this other box. Exactly. And that's what we kind of talk about in the program is that there's a big difference. Um, If you've been friends with a girl for two years and you talk to her every day, she tells you about her previous boyfriends and like you're kind of her actual, you're in the friend zone. It's a more intense and there's more things you need to do than let's say like you're in college, this girl you see at her parties and you never really hit on her, but she kind of has this perception of you from seeing you around. You don't have as much work to do in that situation. So yeah, like you said, definitely different grades. So where would you start? What would be like the first step to start changing his perception? Say if we're in a worse situation, it's a pretty difficult situation. She's got you in this really clear, crystal clear box, which isn't the right box for you. What would be the, one of the first steps you can take? One of the first things that I tell guys to do is you've got to understand that in order for a girl to feel attraction for you, girls need to feel like you have the upper hand or the power in the relationship, in the interaction. And the problem with a guy in the friend zone is she knows she holds all the power. And I hate the word power because it kind of, people, people kind of tend to take it the wrong way, but it's a human nature. Girls know it. You know, if you talk to a girl, they're like, oh, he... He gave me all the power too fast. It's a very, doesn't mean power like dominate or anything like that. It just means in every relationship, one person holds the upper hand. It's never 100% equal. And it's very hard for a girl to be attracted to a guy when she clearly knows she has the upper hand. The more attracted, the more she feels like he has the upper hand, the more attracted she's going to become to him. So one of the things that we say to do is you first have to, Realize all the ways you're giving her that power. A lot of times it's the subtle things. When, let's say you work with a girl, let's just use that as an example, right? Who, do you you always walk in and are you always the one to say hi to her first? Do you always walk up to her and kind of say hi? Are you always, when you're around her, do you always, even if you're in, in a bad mood, do you always try to be cheerful and be in a good mood? If it's a situation where I used to be, where I was waiting tables, a lot of times, uh, you can kind of do favors for each other. So one of your coworkers might come up to you and say, hey, can you, can you stay late for me today? Or hey, can you work for me tomorrow morning? And if you're always doing her the favors, even though you don't want to, like these are all subtle things that she knows. It's like the rules that she, you're now the guy who does this. You're now the guy who does her the favors. You're now the guy who is always in a cheerful mood or you're always this or you're always that. And you've got to recognize what these are. And it, it could be something subtle like, Are you always, is she always the one to end the text conversation? If you're texting, does she always sign off first if you're chatting with her on on Skype? If you're driving with her in a car and you get in the car with her, does she turn the radio station to the music that she likes and it kind of ignores what you'd rather listen to? These are all subtle things that are taking place every time a guy and a girl get together. These are things that she's not consciously thinking about. But if you want to change her perception of you, you've got to slowly, like you can't jump into the thing. So you kind of slowly find all these unsaid rules of your relationship. And it begins to kind of like we kind of we say interrupt her pattern. 
It's little things that she's going to start thinking something is different about him. And she's not going to know why. You're not going to like, she gets in the car and she puts on her favorite radio station. You're not going to like go, hey, uh, you know, I'm tired of listening to your station. You don't do that. You just subtly, you know, change the station to whatever you want to listen to. You don't say, hey, you always end the text conversation. You just now, next time you're talking to her on text, you just be the one to end it. And these are things that she's not even going to really be aware of what's going on at first. It's going to be like a subtle thing, like something is going to be different. She's going to, wow, he, I just called him. And normally when I call him, he like has all the time in the world to talk to me. This time when I called him, he was like, uh, I'll call you right back. And then he didn't call me back. What's going on? It's these subtle changes that you want to introduce first to begin resetting her opinion of you. Great, great, man. So there's lots of different situations there, which I think the hard part here is going to be for guys to figure out where these subtle things are. So it's great that you brought in the power dynamic. They can think about all the different areas where they're kind of letting her get her way, um, letting her make the decision. I guess that's a good way to put it, right? Is she making the decision of where the interaction starts and ends, where uh, like the decision of what to do, the, the decision of how you're going to interact with her and, and so on? Would that be a good way to put it? Yeah, exactly. She's the more dominant frame, I guess you would say, in, in the in the interaction. Her decisions are what is being said. And not only that, but a lot of guys change the way they are. Maybe a girl has a certain sense of humor. And when you're around that girl, you find yourself like making similar types of jokes. You're going into her reality. You're letting her reality be like the more stronger one. And she knows it. She knows that you're maybe um, telling little white lies to agree with her about things that you don't really agree with her about. Maybe she talks shit about one of your coworkers that you actually like the guy and you find yourself kind of like nodding and agreeing with her. So all these little things, there's so many. And that's one of the things when I coach guys on the phone and we get into it, it's like you said, it's you really got to dig down because they're always there. And guys, you know, as I start giving them examples they start, it's like light bulbs start going off in their head of all the ways they're giving these girls the power without realizing it. And every guy, it's a different thing, but every guy is doing it in some way. Okay. So the first step is to subtly start changing this dynamic by targeting. So you, you probably like write down a list of all of these things. And next time these situations come up, you're like, ah, got to stop myself here and basically be more proactive, be the dominant one and like steer it in the direction that is, is good for me rather than always being good for her. Yeah, exactly. So so once they start doing that, um, what would be the next thing that happens? Is she going to start, is there something they're going to see in the way she interacts with them next? Or did... Yeah, it's funny because we teach this whole thing. We call it the scrambler and it's a, um, it's multiple steps. It's, we have a total strategy guide. But the first step in the scrambler is to begin breaking rules. And it's shocking how many guys that go through this or guys that we coach or guys in our members forums who are like in step one, they are shocked because her response is it's night and day. Now, this is the danger zone that these guys fall into, though, because this is what happens. The minute you start doing this, it drives the girl crazy. You will see a noticeable change in her. She will become noticeably different. But this does not mean she's attracted to you yet. It does not mean she's ready to sleep. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means that now you've got her attention. Now you've begun to change the dynamic. You've confused her a little bit. And that confusion is kind of like making her go, whoa, something is different in here. I got to get back on the right footing. 
Now, the problem is a lot of guys, the minute they sense this, right, um, maybe now she used to never text them right back. And now they're getting that kind of approval from her and they immediately fall right back into their old patterns because now they don't want to mess it up. And that's the problem. So to answer your question, she will immediately, you will notice things about it. She will change towards you. So the key step there is to stay observant. I mean, it sounds like guys are getting shot, so they don't really even have to be that observant because they've been stuck yeah. in that other dynamic for a while. So, Yeah, they'll notice it. They don't have to be that observant. What they have to be aware of, though, is that when they observe it, it does not mean the game is over. It means the game is actually just beginning. You know, a lot of guys, the minute that she starts showing them this other, a little bit more aggressive towards them, a little bit aggressive might not be the right word, um, interested in a way where, hey, how come you didn't call me back? Or what happened the other day? You were supposed to call me and you didn't. And then the guy, instead of doing what he should do based on what we teach, he'll immediately maybe apologize or he'll say, oh, I'm sorry, I meant to. And he'll kind of fall back into his old way. And then right there, she's like, oh, okay, that, all right, I get it. That was just like, a, it wasn't a change. And she gets comfortable with him again. And they, they kind of fall back into the old dynamic. An obvious move, you've just brought it up, an obvious move by the girl is going to be like, you know, maybe, maybe even subconsciously, she's going to be like, something's different. So then she's just going to ask the question pretty directly. Hey, what's going on here with whatever seems to be different for her? And I guess for a lot of guys thinking, they're like, oh, what am I going to say to that? Do you have specific advice on how to answer those kind of questions? Yeah, everything. And this kind of flows into the entire second part of this journey out of the friend zone or journey out of whatever area they're in is the mixed signals confusion zone. So now that you've got her attention, it's going to be all about confusing her because that's how you keep a girl's attention. Um, Rob and I have a saying like once a girl figures you out, once a girl knows she has you, it's over. She gets bored. Um, people probably heard the cat in the string theory that if you dangle a string in front of a cat, it'll chase it. But the minute the string falls in a cat's lap, it gets bored and, and kind of walks away. So with girls, guys make one of two problems. And this is to kind of answer your question here of what happens is guys make the mistake of either A, they go too cold on a girl. So they realize like, oh, wow, it's pretty interesting that when I um, change how I act, this girl uh, starts chasing me a little bit. I pull back and she kind of comes towards me. And they see how she reacts and they make either mistake number one, which is going cold all the time because they see that she's responding in the way they want. But what happens is they, they never go hot. And I'll explain that hot, what, what that means in a second. So when you're always cold, you're always cold, you're always cold. Then she just kind of loses interest again because she's like, oh, this is just nothing's going on here. She maybe thinks you're gay or she thinks you're not interested or whatever. On the other hand, guys they go the interest. And I kind of said, now, now they get too hot. They sense that she's interested. And now they, they start giving their hand away. The whole idea, the whole thing is to keep her guessing at this point. And it's a mixture of validation and pulling the validation away, hot and cold. And it requires being very vague. So to answer your question, she says, what's different about you? Nothing's different. I have no clue what you're talking about. Um, everything you're doing is vague. When you cancel plans with her, you don't, even give her a reason that you're canceling plans. You just say, oh, something came up. You don't explain yourself. Everything that you're doing at this point is giving her things to think about. Because the other thing that we always say is that if you can get a girl thinking about you when you're not around, you can get her to fall in love with you. And the problem most guys fall into is they give her nothing to think about. 
they give her such certainty that they, they want to let her know so much that I'm the guy for you. I'm this, I'm that, that she goes home and she's got nothing to like ask her friends about. She doesn't get to go home and go, what did it mean when he, why isn't he? And girls need that. They need to sit around wondering what's going on. It's, you know, and, and guys do to an extent too. If you notice guys fall for the girl that they can't figure out. And that's majority. And that's a, an interesting thing that I noticed is when I was coaching these guys and they learned the scrambler, one of the most common responses is, holy shit, that's what she's doing to me. Now, of course, she didn't read the scrambler report and she's not using it on them because she learned it. It's just what works, you know, and she just did it naturally. And that's causing him to get obsessed with her because now he's sitting around thinking about her, trying to analyze her behavior. And the more he's doing it, the more attention he's spending on her and attention equals attachment. The more you think about somebody, the more attached you become. So your goal is basically to get her thinking about you a lot. And the more she's thinking about you, the more attached she's becoming to you. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. The iTunes rank of the show is critical for getting the best guests onto the show. Ranking is largely determined by subscriber count. So more subscribers means better guests. Also, if you've already subscribed, then please leave a rating and review. This also helps increase the iTunes rank. Help me make this podcast the best resource possible for you. To subscribe or rate with one click, go to datingskillsreview.com slash iTunes. Yeah, it makes total sense. So at this stage, is she getting attracted? So is she getting into this attraction zone? Like say, like moving from the friend zone into the, uh, the attraction zone? Or is she already moving into that now? Yeah, at this point now, you're taking up more and more of her space. Now, depending on where you're at, some guys that are learning this, um, they're dealing with a girl that they they don't see very often. Um, so maybe they're doing stuff over Facebook. or With them, it takes a little longer to bring her into that attraction phase. On the other hand, like let's go back to our earlier example of a girl you're working with. So if you're doing this stuff with a girl you're working with, and then you're also mixing in now, because now that you've shifted her perception of you by doing this stuff. Now you can mix in these new flirting things, these sexual tension things that, that are developing. And that's when the attraction starts. So it's kind of like go back to a more typical program, a more typical approach once you get to this stage. Yes and no, because everything you're doing at this stage is still meant to confuse her. So on a normal situation, I may tell a guy, hey man, you got to like, if, if a guy is going out to a bar and he's uh, getting sexual with a girl, I would be like, you should be assertive. You should, if your goal is to sleep with her, bring her home that night, ask her to come home with you, all this stuff. On the other hand, in a situation like this, it's not necessarily what you should do. Your goal is, let's say you're a girl you work with, you come in one day and you flirt with her and you create the sexual tension with her, but then you leave work without saying goodbye to her. Or the next day at work, you walk in and depending on what your job is, maybe you just go right to your desk or maybe if it's a, uh, you know, a more social job, you go and you kind of have this conversation with somebody else. And when you see her, you don't, you're not mean to her. You don't ignore her, but you're just kind of distant. You're not like what she got from you yesterday in terms of flirting, all of a sudden that's not there today. And now she wants it more because it's like, whoa, whenever you kind of take away validation, the person begins to crave it more. So it's a very hot and cold type thing you're doing, which is not necessarily what you would be doing if it was just a random girl that you're just meeting, which it still does work on random girls that you're just meeting. But my advice in those situations is 
let it be known what you want. Let it be known that you're trying to sleep with her if that's what your goal is. With this girl, you don't really want her to know what your goal is. So how long do you have to keep up that dynamic, basically? Is there a stage where you'll be more straightforward or is it kind of like you'll go all the way through to relationship? Because I guess all the guys are interested in this. They're all interested in a relationship with this one girl. Because it's also a fair amount of investment of time and energy and effort, especially when you're talking about the ones um, they you were saying, they're not seeing her every day, right? So I could imagine like, I don't know if they're seeing her once a week or, or even less because it's someone they just haven't got a standard routine of seeing every day. It could take quite a while, I guess. Yeah, we teach in the program, we teach there's several sort of goalposts that certain things when you know this phase, you know, at this point, okay, this phase has worked, I can move to the next phase. And then from that phase, you're like, okay, it's time to now um, go into seduction mode. There's, there's certain things that we kind of guide you, you know, and the whole point of creating the scrambler was to not leave things up to interpretation, because that's where most guys mess up. Like I said, in the beginning of this interview is that your emotions are going to mess things up for you. And if you listen to solely like on your, your emotions, you're going to mess up. So what we did was kind of take the guesswork out of it. Because we kind of skipped over this topic, but I guess the huge aspect of this is that the guys are already emotionally invested in the girls. Oh, yeah. And, and, and this is the thing. And if you're not emotionally invested in the girl and, and guys will. Another thing guys often realize when they go through the program is they go, holy shit, this girl, Jennifer, that was obsessed with me. I didn't really like her, but these are all the things that I did to her. Because when you're not emotionally invested in a girl, it's a lot easier to do a lot of, you, you do a lot of things naturally. So if you're kind of, let's say you're dating this girl and you're confused about her, like, cause you're like, I kind of like her, but I don't know. And I don't really want to lead her on. You're naturally hot and cold towards her because that's just how you feel. Right. And that girl becomes obsessed with you. It kind of leads to her having that same reaction. Uh, but when you're emotionally invested in a girl, it's a lot harder to do that because your kind of scarcity mindset kicks in of, oh, no, if, if I'm not if I don't let her know that if I don't give her certainty about how I feel, she's not going to think I like her. She's going to get frustrated and, and leave. A lot of guys are like so nervous, like, oh, if I cancel plans on a girl, right, if, if, if I have plans to hang out with a girl this Friday, maybe it's a girl I'm in the friend zone with. Maybe it's a girl I date. I'm, I'm kind of dating, but but I sense she's pulling away. And I tell the guy, I say, you know what, on Friday, just call her up and say something came up and cancel. And then just go hang out with your friends. Don't give, don't really explain to her why. Guys are like, they shit their pants going, I can't do that. She'll, she'll get so mad. But think about if it was the opposite. Think about if you were about to hang out with a girl and she canceled on you at the last minute. Yeah, you'd be mad at her. And yeah, you'd, we'd all want to say that, oh, I'm, I'm, it wouldn't bother me. I would just go. But part of you now sees her in a more valuable way. The minute you sense a girl slipping away, it's just human nature of this fear of loss. Whenever we fear we're losing something, uh, we begin to want it more. And you're kind of playing into a lot of these natural desires that all men and women have. And, and fear of loss is very, very strong. So, Right. So it definitely gets your emotions all engaged. Going back to it all, these are all situations where your emotions are way more like we were talking about the dominance dynamic, but it's also about the fact that you've already put your emotions invested in this girl. So it's skewing your your ideas of what to do, which you, you covered at the beginning. Um, but the scrambler point is to give you clear things to do because it's acknowledging the fact that you're probably overly emotionally invested and you're having difficulty. Even when you say like, this is the right thing to do in this situation, then 
you're still kind of emotional about it and you're not sure. Yeah. And that's the thing. And I realized this is that, um, several years ago, um, I was very in this situation and I knew a lot of this stuff already, but I was so in the thick of things that I convinced myself to send her flowers at work. And, and it's something that now I, I, and before that I knew it was a bad move. And I, but for some reason in that state, I convinced myself, well, this is why she's pulling away because she's not sure. Cause at the time I, I had a little bit of a reputation, a bit of a, a player in that social circle. And I'm like, I've got to prove to her that, that I'm not, you know, that I am serious about her. And I did that. And what's interesting is that all the things that attracted to her, me to her initially, that whole vibe I was giving off, I killed it by doing that. And uh, it's very easy when you're in that, we call it emotional quicksand and you're trying to get out, you're in this quicksand and you're trying to claw your way out of it. And when you're in that, that you can convince yourself of anything, 98% of what you're, you convince yourself of is wrong. So yeah, uh, this is, is sort of a, a guide work of what, does work. And also, uh, like you said, what not to do in a sense, because a lot of times what not to do is, is just as important as what to do. Right. That's, that's funny. You know, when I first got into this, one of my rules is like when I got emotionally invested, I was just like, just don't do anything. Wait. <laughs> that was one of the things that saved me many times uh, back in the day, because I had no clue what I was doing back then either. So it saved me. Good rule. Um, Okay, so uh, I want to talk a bit about, because I'm sure there's a lot of guys who are interested in this. However, is it a good idea for every guy to do this and then get into a girlfriend? I'm thinking of like guys who are kind of like newer to dating advice and everything, and maybe they haven't got a lot of experience. So what would be your take on, I mean, I'm sure you're talking to guys about these, these specific situations. Is like, you know, maybe he hasn't dated a mu very much at all and he wants to get this one specific girl. In, in, a, in a bit more long-term perspective, what would be your advice to him about like, okay, maybe you could use this, this approach to get this one girl, but is, have you got any other advice about what his longer term approach should be? Well, there's two ways to look at it. I mean, I look at myself as an example, right? I came out of, I, I told you earlier, I was extremely shy and I kind of learned dating advice. And the minute it kind of started working, I got into a relationship because I learned it for a specific girl and I got that specific girl. On one hand, it kind of hindered me because I did get the girl, but I came out of that relationship two years later and I really hadn't learned that much about getting better. I still, I had experience now with the one girl, but I didn't have the, the social confidence I might've developed if I continued going out and practicing and learning and kind of building my skill. On the other hand, though, I got the one girl that I wanted and, and it was very gratifying. I had a very good relationship. And I also got the confidence of knowing that it's possible to get that one girl. Yeah, that's an important point. It's like breaking your mental reality. If a guy, if you've never, like, for instance, you've been in a situation where you're often in a friend zone of the girls that you like, then it's important to break that cycle, you know, to show that that limitation isn't really there. Yeah. So a lot of times I, I often think to myself, you can't go back and change time, but I'm like, oh, you know, what would have been better for me? What would have, would I have progressed faster if I had kind of kept learning and practicing? And I was 19 or 20 at the time in college. And, you know, it, it was uh, a very good time to be young, single and, and practicing this stuff. Uh, but at the same time, like you said, it, also having had the experience of going, I want that girl and then seducing her gave me a confidence going forward where I didn't have that limiting belief that a lot of people have of like, well, 
a lot of guys, I think the more they want a girl, even though they really want her, there's like a mental block that kind of says, well, I never really get the girls I really want. And it kind of stops them from, let's say, even following the plan that's laid out for them because they don't really believe it's going to work. Yeah, it's also like they're kind of comfortable with that dynamic in a strange way. It's something you're used to. And when something's out of your comfort zone, if you, even if it's the exact thing you want, it's still like sometimes you still pull yourself back from it. Okay, well, I just wanted to touch on another thing. I know I think this is a bit of your experience and uh, it's like dating in social circles because we're talking about a lot of these situations are in social circles. So I think some guys can be nervous about things like sleeping with a girl in a social circle. What kind of impact is it going to have on the social circle in general? Is it going to change the dynamic? If, if, for instance, like I'm not interested in settling down and there's other girls I'm interested in, can he sleep with other girls? I think, you know, you've had a bit of experience in that in your background. Yeah, from what I've experienced, it never, it can never hurt you sleeping with girls, other girls. In your, and it doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter if you've slept with, well, let's say there's one girl in the social circle who's kind of like the slutty girl and you have a crush on the good girl, right? A lot of guys go, I sleep with the slutty girl. The good girl's not going to like me. She's going to think I'm a whatever. They don't take advantage of, let's say, all the opportunities that they could have within their social circle because they think it's going to negatively impact their situation with the girl they really want. I can tell you from experience and not just myself, sitting with girls, and I could list off a hundred different guys in my head, but you know, sitting with girls talking about a guy and the girl going, ah, Eddie's such a pig. I can't believe he slept with her. She's so fat. She's like, what? You know, that's that he's just and you know, six months later, now she's sleeping with Eddie or she's, you know, I saw it so many times where the girl saw what the guy did and it's like kind of, it was even acted grossed out or acted offended or acted whatever. And he still wound up dating her, you know, making her his girlfriend, sleeping with her. I've never seen it seriously affected. The only, the only time, and this is even sort of rare, if you sleep with a girl and now that girl falls in love with you and now you like want one of her really good friends and her really good friend if she's a really loyal friend may not do something with you because she doesn't want her friend's feelings to get hurt i mean that's the only situation that i've seen it where it can kind of come back and bite you but other than that yeah i would never say worry don't worry about it Right, right. As long as it's kept casual, as you were saying that, I was just thinking of a situation that happened to me uh, a little while ago, um, whereas I have an ex-girlfriend and one of her friends came to the same city. So she put me in contact with her to show her around and, and her friend hit on me. And imagine in that situation, I was thinking, I could cause a hell of a lot of drama, you know, next time, for next time I see, because, you know, I was with my ex-girlfriend for quite a long time. It's a relationship that I have ongoing and... It was just like one of those situations where like, this is going to be a huge drama thing I don't want in my life going forward. Um, so I think what you said is correct, but if you're going to have some ongoing relationship and or if there's been an ongoing relationship for a while, then it could cause a, a bit of drama that you don't want in your life. Yeah, I, I, me personally, like if I was dating a girl and I have done it, um, but like you're saying, in, in your situation, yeah, like if, if you have a girl that you've dated for a long time and you're still on good terms with her, yeah, you don't want to sleep with one of her friends. I mean, that's just, that's, that's not a matter of, that's just, to me, that's not like, oh, it's going to affect my game. That's just, it's just a douchey thing to do. Right, like right. if you have feelings for a girl and you like her, like I'm not going to 
do that, not because it's going to affect my ability to sleep with other girls. I'm not going to do it because it's just, if I have feelings for a girl, I'm not going to hurt her by sleeping with one of her friends. I like the way you basically just put two compartments there. You're like, this is game and this is relationships, me having integrity and the relationships I care about, basically. So it's like two completely separate areas. Yeah, because when I give examples too, right? When I was in a um, various social circles, but but I'll talk about the restaurant social scene that I was in where you know, kind of have a very casual type of uh, intimacies with several of the girls in a going on at once. But I'm never leading any of them on. If I don't, if I know none of them, I want to be my girlfriend, right? I keep things, I, I'm very honest with them. I'm very upfront with them. I don't say I don't want to be your, but I never make promises. I don't pretend like, hey, I want to introduce you to my parents. And like, I don't say anything that would lead them to believe that I felt the way I didn't feel. And I think as long as you're doing that, then you're fine. On the other hand, if you're the kind of guy who, you know, when you're sleeping with a girl, you're going to say, I love you to her because in the moment you can't help yourself. Well, then you're playing with a girl's emotion. There's two different things. Even if I don't intend to, like you said, uh, compartmentalizing is that I also won't play with a girl's emotions. I will never tell a girl or lead a girl to believe something that is not true. Oh man, I'd like to fire a few questions at you, which are really aims just to, like, to see who you are more as a, more of a person, because uh, you and yourself, you know, you've learned a lot yourself, and to get to the stage where you're teaching guys this stuff, it's not a typical, it's not a typical path that people take. So there could be some interesting things about you. So one of them, one of the questions here is like, what is the strongest character attribute you have? Uh, you know, as far as friendships are concerned, it's um, loyalty and. It. Empathy, I would say, is that I'm able to put myself in somebody else's shoes, which, you know, you'd have to make a serious fuck up for me not to be able to understand your mindset. Same thing with girls where I I could kind of get in their head and, and kind of see from their point of view, which allows me to a like not make bigger deals out of things that somebody kind of disrespects me, I, I can know like, all right, from their mindset, um, I can see that it wasn't meant to be that way. And, and, and I think a lot of people don't have that ability to be empathetic. And it's re- very hard for them to put themselves in other people's shoes, so to speak. Yeah, that's a great attribute, man. All right. So rounding off, who not including yourself, would you recommend for high quality advice in this area of life? Obviously, uh, Rob Judge, who I started working with, a couple of years ago, because I learned a lot myself from him. I, I learned from a lot of guys, a guy, Chris Anderson, who goes by the name 60 Years of Challenge. Um, I've learned a ton from him. He's a guy that uh, I did an interview with him a couple of years ago. It just blew my mind with, with some stuff in regards to sexual tension that he teaches. And you know, I'd say every product that I've put out or everything since then, I've quoted him in, in some way, certain things I learned in that interview. So, All right. Great, great. Thanks for this. Did you and Rob know each other for a long time before you got get together? No, Rob, um, I have a website called TSB Magazine, TSB Mag, kind of like a men's lifestyle site. And Rob randomly contacted me, I guess it was probably about 2009, to write articles. And I had no clue who he was. To me, I mean, at the time, I, was, I had an editor, so I didn't even really talk to him. I just said, I'll contact our editor. And he had been writing articles on the site for probably a, a year. And then we had a TSB magazine was invited to some, uh, some kind of event that we got tickets for. And we kind of invited some of our writers. And 
I met him in person there and we just got along. And from there, we kind of slowly developed a friendship. We both in the New York area. And uh, I started reading, you know, I, at the time, as articles were getting posted, there were so many articles that I, I didn't really read a lot of them that were going up. Like I would skim them and kind of know what was going on and make sure. But after I got to know him, I'm like, oh, let me read some more of his stuff. And I started actually reading his articles a little more in depth. And I was like, wow, this guy actually has, has a lot of cool stuff to offer. And from there, it was more of a friendship, really. And then uh, a couple of years ago, we were talking about texting and I had some psychology of what I knew about it and, and what I recommended. But he also had this other other style that I thought was like, wow, you know, we got to come together and, and teach. And that led to our first program together in magnetic messaging, which guys absolutely loved, which led us to, I wouldn't say work together. Um, we both have our separate teachings and coachings, but occasionally, like with this current program, we would both be on the same wavelength where, like I said, we both do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching and we also enjoy talking about this. When we go out for beers and stuff, we wind up just kind of talking about what we've learned. And, and we came to this dual realization about all these things that make up this the scrambler and the program we taught. So I guess that was a long way of answering your question of how we get to know each other. But yeah, that's basically where it started. Well, it's a great illustration of taking initiative, you know, because Rob just reached out to you, basically started writing did some good stuff. You saw that and, you know, it kind of evolves from there. So it's good to hear those kind of stories anyway. It's actually interesting too, the way he went about it. And if there's anybody listening, we have a, a, you know, a huge audience of guys into this. And a lot of guys eventually say, oh, I want to put out my products or I want to do this or, and the way he went about it is the way I recommend it. If, if you want to work with people, prove it, contact somebody that might be in the business and say, oh, here, here, tell your list that my stuff is good. I get emails every day. I'm releasing this new product that I want you to tell your 200,000 email subscribers about. And I'm like, I don't know you. I don't trust you. I don't know what you teach. Had they contacted me, sending me articles and kind of what they're learning, you know, that, that that's the way to go about it. I just want to throw that out there because I do know you have, you have an audience of guys that a lot of them do want to go on and eventually maybe teach this stuff. So just giving them a hint of the right way to go about it, which is how Rod did it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good point. And yeah, we, I think we all get the, a lot of those emails, which uh, we, we get a lot of emails as well. So those are the first ones you, you don't really have time to pay t attention to. All right, to seal off, we always ask the same question of everyone. What are the top three recommendations to help men get results as fast as possible with women? So that's your top three recommendations. My top three, one is, it depends on the guy in general, but one is to learn how to flirt. And I know this is not what we necessarily focus this interview on, but you've got to learn the art of flirting. And the reason I say that is because most guys, they like a girl, they, they think, oh, this girl, uh, you know, she kind of looks at me in class or she, they kind of convince themselves they like her and then they want to just go ask her out. And they, they skip the whole flirting phase, you know, flirting and kind of teasing her and building attraction is what leads to actually getting her to go out with you. And guys want to skip that. Guys want to believe that they're so good looking that they don't need to flirt, that they don't need to talk. Um, so that's number one is learn how to flirt. Um, and a simple way to do that is learn how to tease a girl in, in playful way and, and switch when you're hanging out with a girl. A simple thing to do is switch from uh, asking questions to making statements. And it's just the simplest little change you can make when you're with a girl. Instead of saying, where are you from? Make a statement. You must be from insert, you know, a random place and then make a playful observation about why you think she's from there. And just doing that teaches your brain how to think differently in terms of 
logical conversations versus these emotional, fun conversations. So that would be number one. Number two would be, um, we talked about in this interview, is, is learning the art of sending mixed signals. It's kind of like an unsaid thing. Everybody, everybody has this like, I don't want to have to play the game. You know, you get so many guys. That's just a lazy mentality. You know, the game exists. Like you fall for girls that play the game. When a girl sends you mixed signals, chances are you're going to be a lot more attracted to her than if she's 100% into you right off the bat and she gets really clingy and needy and she always wants to hang out with you. And then all of a sudden you're going, hmm. This is kind of all right, but let me look around and see if any other girls want to hang out this weekend. Guys don't realize that if you're not giving the girl something to think about, if you're not being a little bit of a challenge, you're not giving her something to work for. She's going to get bored and look for a guy who's a little more challenging. So learn how to send mixed signals. Finally, the final piece of advice is more attitude based. You know, people say, well, what is confidence? How, How do you become more confident? And I think The word that I like to tell guys is become more autonomous. If you want to become confident, become more autonomous. And autonomous means essentially independent. It means have things going on in your life that you are 100% passionate and focused on. Because then a lot of these games that, you know, sending mixed signals, for instance, it's a game if you're actively trying to send mixed signals to a girl and you're like consciously going, oh, today I'm going to, I'm going to kind of pull back some of my interest. But on the other hand, if you're like 100% passionate about, let's say, um, building your business or whatever, you're naturally going to do these things because some days you're going to be so wrapped up in some other aspect of your life that you're going to naturally forget to call her back. You're naturally going to not have time to hang out with her. And that's going to make her attracted to you on a more natural level. Cause like, that's sort of the evolution of everything As people say to me, well, you have these with your girlfriend now, do you do this stuff? And I say, you know what? I don't do this stuff now because I have so many interests in my life that I do it, but I do it naturally. I leave these these hot and cold things, but not because I'm consciously going, I have to kind of be mean today or not. I have to pull back my interest level today. It's just natural because I'm, I have so many different things going on in my life. So that's the kind of final piece is, is don't make the woman the center of your life. You know, have a ton of things going on in your life because then these things become natural. That's a, that's a great word, autonomous. I've never heard it expressed that way. And I think that it's really useful and, and clear the way you talk about that. So thanks for that. That's, that was a really good, great man. And thank you for coming on the show again. It's been great to have you on here. Yeah, it's good catching up, man. It's always fun to do these. Take control of your dating life today. Take one idea or one insight from today's episode and apply it today. Don't wait, do it today. That's all it takes to change your life. Step by step, episode by episode. Learn more about what I, Angel Donovan, and my team do at DatingSkillsReview.com. How we help men like you take control of their dating lives.